today. We watched the State of the Union, so you didn't have to. We'll give you the breakdown. And uh, children in public schools pledging allegiance to the LGBT pride flag. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and I am joined today by uh, someone who is wearing the world's worst shirt, Stuber Gear, also host of Stu Does America. Go Birds, thank you very much, Sarah, appreciate it. I was just like, he walks on set and I'm like, oh, he's wearing a lovely little, you know, oh, okay already, we got it, okay? Blame my wife, she bought it for me. <sighs> it is, I mean, it, it's cute. Like, I would buy it for my husband if it had You just put a different symbol on the outside. Yeah, I would put a much different symbol on there. Uh, We are also joined by Matt Peterson, also host of the Matt Peterson podcast. Make it very easy to remember. Yes, (laughs) yes. That's what I like. Yeah, like, we have Chad, Chad Prather's Mm -hmm. show. I'm like, well, you can't forget that. Stu, Stu, your name is in your Mm -hmm. show. I can't wait for the day when I get my name Ooh. in my show. Yes, maybe <laughs> coming soon. Um, so I say we watched the State of the Union so you didn't have to. However, if you guys were watching the uh, the watch-along that we had over here on Blaze TV, you uh, may see remnants from last night. This was... Not a lot in there. Hey. Uh, there, sir. Well, that's just what it took to get through watching Joe Biden <laughs> lie to the American population. Um, so I want to kind of break down all of the lies, because we were, we're reacting to them in real time, right? But um, there have been many fact checks that have come out on what Joe Biden has said. None of them have been good that I've seen. None of them have been like, wow, he told the absolute truth. You even have like PolitiFact and some of the ones that we know are left-leaning that are still uh, saying, oh, not entirely true, Joe. So um, I want to play, let's, let's play, I want to kind of set the tone here, because while he is a very divisive figure, um, he acted like he wants unity last night, right? Mm-hmm. He said, let's, let's come together. He, he mentioned multiple times, my Republican friends, I want to work with them. And I want to just, just really show the contrast between not very many months ago, September of last year, when he stood there looking like he was literally in the depths of hell, and he talked about how, you know, half the country are extremists and they're a threat to our democracy. I just I just want to paint the picture of what he was like a, just a couple months ago, mm. how divisive he was compared to what he claims he wants to do now. Watch. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. There's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. You all are as formed as I am, but I think the people sent us a clear message. Fighting for the sake of fighting, power for the sake of power, conflict for the sake of conflict gets us nowhere. You know, it feels like if he thought that were true, he wouldn't start calling Republicans extreme MAGA Republicans or ultra MAGA, which he meant as an insult, but I thought was like 
a totally cool badass nickname. <laughs> I mean, it's pathetic, right? Yeah. He's betting on the idea that people are just going to forget everything else he's been saying and how he's been governing for the past two years. If he governed like this, he'd probably be a pretty popular president. I went not like all of his policies, but he'd probably do okay. Mm -hmm. He's not like this at all. Barack Obama pulled the same shtick when he was in office. It was every once, you know, once a year you'd get a speech, you'd be like, did he see quoting Reagan? And sometimes he actually would quote Reagan in the speech. Uh, Biden yesterday did some George W. Bush praise in the middle of his speech, but it's meaningless. He hasn't governed like this at all. He's governed like the most liberal president in our entire lifetimes. And he's acted as if he can pull off this sort of lunchbox Joe, hand across the aisle, we're all going to be at, on the same team type of, type of approach when he makes a public speech to people who generally aren't paying attention. Anyone who was paying attention to the speech knows it was filled with lies and all sorts of hypocrisy. But he's betting on, uh, you know, a lot of people not knowing what's going on. And uh, it's not the worst bet in the world when you just talk pure politics. It's true because I think, you know, they're, the average American is like, well, he called for unity. Yeah. And not look into any of the like any of the other comments he's made, anything that he's actually doing on the sides. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he start the speech by saying, "Of course, things are great now because we're here two years after you know the worst event <laughs> since the Civil War," I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so here's what I think is going on here. In his mind, yes, he's calling for unity with the people he regards as human beings worthy of respect mm -hmm. and equality uh, who are actual citizens, right? And those would be Republicans who are willing to play along mm -hmm. uh, with him. In his mind, at the beginning of the speech, he's already ruled out all the evil MAGA Republicans who I don't think, you know, obviously in reality, but I could see him making the speech. Those people are all delegitimized and don't even belong in real politics, right? Mm -hmm. And you can see the response uh, from everyone this morning. I mean, the bad 20 people in Congress, those people are all, are all delegitimized and terrible. And then we play this game like yeah, Lunchbox Joe and everything is fine. But he says right away in the beginning of this speech that that was the worst event since the Civil War, which means the people who are involved in it, or MAGA Republicans, are basically secessionists, uh, you know, traitors on the side of the... I mean, that's, that's what he's already said. So this, this whole notion of, uh, of um, unity is insane. But one other thing is hard that we need to we need to say this very clearly. It's hard to understand what he was trying to say because there was a bunch of copy pasta from the last 50 years of platitudes <laughs> sprinkled throughout that whole entire speech. So I don't really know. You know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to find a coherent thread. So I want to play uh, Biden talking about inflation and gas, and we can do maybe a little a little bit of fact checking there. Watch. We have more to do. But here at home, inflation is coming down. Here at home, gas prices are down $1.50 from their peak. Food inflation is coming down. Not fast enough, but coming down. Inflation has fallen every month for the last six months, while take-home pay has gone up. Additionally, over the last two years, a record 10 million Americans applied to start new businesses. 10 million. And by the way, every time, Every time someone starts a small business as an act of hope, and Madam Vice President, <laughs> I want to thank you for leading that effort for to doing ensure literally that small nothing. businesses have access to capital and the historic laws we enacted that are going to just come into being. Okay, so uh, on, on inflation here, um, we had, what, the last full month in office for Donald Trump, the rate of inflation was 1.4%. 
The average for the entire year of 2020 was 1.2%. And then in his first six months in office, inflation went from 1.4% to 5.4%. Uh, and then in, it still kept, we didn't stop there. It kept going because it went up to like almost 10% in June. But because it has gotten lower since he spiked it, is what he claims. Now he's like, in inflation is going down. You're welcome. Well, buddy, it was your fault that it went up in the first place. It went up under your watch. And all you've done since then is spend more money. But still, he's going to try to take the W on this. It's really incredible. I mean, he, you know, he's like, oh, well, inflation's uh, dropped for the past six months. Well, who was president six <laughs> months ago? Uh, was it some alien? <laughs> it was you. It was you. And it was our 40-year high. That's the Biden approach. Brag about being slightly less worse than the worst of all time. And that's like, I mean, it's quite a political trick. He tries to pull it off. He did the same thing with the deficit. I mean, yeah. I was infuriated by the deficit stuff. You know, any anybody, I think, who pays attention at all knows when he says oh we've dropped the deficit by 1.7 trillion dollars everyone knows he's just cherry picking covid numbers right? right like it's so blatantly obvious what he's doing but when you look at it if you want to compare his first non-covid year which would be 2022 yeah. versus trump's last you know pre-covid year 2019 biden's deficit is up 40 percent from where trump was in 2019 that is not something you brag about. It's something you hide for. And I should point out, 2023, so far, the trend of the first four months of the fiscal year is up 86% from 2022. Jeez. This is not looking good. It's certainly not something to brag about. It's the type of thing you remove from your resume and hope nobody notices. <laughs> but he's leading speeches to the nation with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is a speech in which, you know, he, he deigns to talk at all about, you know, the border and immigration. I mean, so it's a kind of a delusional realm in which he lives. Uh, and it's a kind of a, a delusional bubble, right? And in, in Biden's world, you know, the opposite, opposite. It's opposite day every day. And everything's true. And he'll just, he'll pop in and out of that whenever he wants to. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're in a media landscape where no one's going to call him out. So he can just say it can be opposite day all the time. The inflation stuff is, it, it almost is, you can't come up with a coherent response to the economy anymore, apparently. Like, they could come up with different responses and say, oh, actually, this was Trump's fault or whatever. Responses mm -hmm. we've heard for decades in Washington. But instead, they retreat into a fantasy world and just say, no, actually, this is good. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> because they know no one will call them out on it. Right, yeah. I, um, so you mentioned the border, which he, he, did, he barely touched. And when he touched it, it. Yeah, it infuriated me because he's like, we're doing great. Oh, and also, I hope that Republicans help me join me in protecting the border. Like, oh, suddenly you want us to be a sovereign country again. Wow, that's impressive because we've all seen the videos of all of these illegal immigrants pouring through. And the Border Patrol agents are like, welcome to America, sir. Thanks for being here. Uh, it was just maddening to watch. Let's, let's play some of uh, the very quick thoughts that Joe Biden had last night on the border watch. We know we now have a record number of personnel working to secure the border, arresting 8,000 human smugglers, seizing over 23,000 pounds of fentanyl in just the last several months. We've launched a new border plan last month. Unlawful migration from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela has come down 97% as a consequence of that. But American border problems won't be fixed until Congress acts. If we don't pass my comprehensive immigration reform, at least pass my plan to provide the equipment and officers to secure the borders. <laughs> oh, this he wants is, to secure the borders. This is Great. probably the most infuriating, egregious mm -hmm. part of the entire speech. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, first of all, he says again, like, once we put it into our plan last month, well, who was who was president two months ago? Why weren't you doing this? You've had this job for a while now. Um, and of course, he's cherry picking these countries, Venezuela, Nicaragua, like no Honduras, no Mexico mentioned, obviously, because he didn't have good numbers yeah. with those. And what again, it's, it's a it's a decrease from the worst of all time. Mm-hmm. This is a the fact that you're not at the absolute peak of the mountain yeah. that you've created is not something to brag about. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be doing better than previous presidents, better, better than even previous Democratic presidents. He can't even claim that. It's been a catastrophe from day one, and and, and people forget, like, of all the things he's done, you know, think of things like Afghanistan, right? Like, really, really stuff that has not worked at all. And his least popular part of his platform has been the border. It has not been covered by America, but he has been... People in America understand how bad this is going. They know this is not working. And the fact that he's trying to sit there and brag about it and then idiots like Chuck Schumer are sitting there, uh, com- you know, clapping for him, it's a disgrace. It really is. We, we, get, we get locked into talking about the tone of it. And, and they're all, they're going back and forth and they're yelling at each other. This was jam-packed, filled with lies from beginning to end. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like that's important to anybody. Absolutely. I mean, the border, the, Jim Banks is the only guy, one of the only guys I like in that town. Uh, and I like what he said. We, so far, we've imported the state of Indiana you know, into this country, Jeez. which is true. So how many states and how big a states are we going to let walk across the border? That's what we're doing now. He doesn't care at all, and he'll lie about it and move on. Uh, and as for fentanyl coming across the border, I mean, this is, as I said on Twitter, fentanyl. Now, there's a name that I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> I haven't heard anyone in D.C. talk yeah. about that in a while. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. A Democrat is going to talk about fentanyl coming across the border, destroying America, deaths of despair, skyrocketing. Oh, we're going to talk about that now, Joe? That's really interesting. It's, it's, it's not disingenuous. It's beyond that. It, it, yeah. it really is infuriating. doesn't begin to describe it. You have to laugh at the end of the day mm-hmm. uh, because it's such a, a thin read. I, I don't know. Like what? I don't know if you were a consultant, uh, which I've been in a past life. What you were trying to accomplish with the speech, other than kind of distractive, like you know, chatter right. that yeah. you're just throwing out there, chaff, straight yeah. voltage yeah. Uh, yeah. argument yeah. from back in the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that there's this, also this this idea that like he, I think maybe he's correctly recognizing <clears throat> these are weaknesses, and he's just going to say the opposite mm-hmm. and give give the people on Twitter a bunch of the people who want to cheer for him and want to have a talking point something to say. Mm-hmm. If he says you know the deficits down da- or you know border crossings are down by 98 percent. A bunch of people are going to tweet that. A bunch of people are going to act like it's a fact. Yeah. And it gives them a little bit of ammunition yeah. in a battle that they really can't win on the facts. Well, I mean, look, he so he talked about inflation. He talked about gas prices. He talked about all this stuff that, you know, maybe, I don't know, it might be a little bit important. But mm-hmm. I, for one, was really, really glad that he touched on the pressing issue that America is facing, which is obviously, uh, you know, McDonald's cashiers who are signing non-compete agreements and they can't go work at Burger King. This is horrible. Watch. 30 million workers have to sign non-compete agreements for the jobs they take. 30 million. So a cashier at a burger place can't walk across town and take the same job at another burger place and make a few bucks more. It just changed. But they just changed it because we exposed it. That was part of the deal, guys. Look it up. But not anymore. We're banning those agreements so companies have to compete for workers and pay them what they're worth. Was that the most odd Mm -hmm. moment? Like, there were several odd moments. Was that the most? I'm like, 
What? I, I, it's uh, we're talking about the, I, I, the McDonald's Burger King no, rivalry. This is a big problem. I mean, McDonald's is a lot of competition among workers. If you've been to a fast food restaurant lately, no doubt you've noticed that yeah. there's tons of workers behind the counter. <laughs> right. They're, mm-hmm. right, they're all, right. They're all, all very full motivated of people working. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they have uh, those kiosks and non-competes now. <laughs> I, I knew this was an issue when I when I noticed that McDonald's was was having all its machines yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sign non-compete agreements right. because they didn't want to lose them to the competition. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just for look. We have non-competes in the media biz. It's kind of a uh, common thing that we have uh, in media. There's some Mm -hmm. companies uh, out there that have them, and there is some evidence that they're being overused, I think, Mm -hmm. for people who shouldn't have them. It's not a bad thing to talk about. Um, but it's it's not happening at McDonald's and Burger King. It's not really it's not really a thing, um, as far as I know. I mean, I, I I don't think that that's really going on. It's sort of ridiculous, and um, you'd think that. There'd be some other thing to fill that space with. I I understand he has to fill space. Maybe it feels like he has to hit a certain time. Um, I did notice in that area though. He could have introduced Bono. He could have talked to Bono. I wanna, <laughs> he never said Bono anything about think, Bono. Yeah. Why was he there? What does Bono think about Taco Bell's non-competes? We don't know. <laughs> he he wouldn't tell us. Um, but it was. I will say that back and forth illustrated something that I did notice in there that that I th- I think helped Biden in a way, which was. The back and forth with mm-hmm. the people the in the crowd, yeah. I feel like almost energized him a little bit. You know, he's he's obviously famous for getting 20 minutes into these speeches and then basically falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And this one, he seemed to be up for it. And, and, and while it was constant lies, there's nothing to praise. He was more alert. And I think he got something out of that back and forth. I, I feel like next year, I just want to freeze him out. Like, I don't want I don't want, I don't want to make any noise or sit there like this the entire time. Because I feel like in a way, he almost fed off that energy. And while he was pathetic as he was doing it, it kind of kept him a little more spry than you're normally uh, yeah. seeing Joe Biden. Maybe so. Um, but I, I don't know. Selfishly, I really enjoyed hearing the Republicans push back because it, it was, was it was nice to hear them like say something, just like we were saying as we were watching it. We're screaming at the screen. At least they're screaming directly at him. Um, all right, I've uh, we got to take a quick break. First, want to thank our sponsor, Grove Collaborative. So. Uh, just like, you know, uh, most of you, I use a lot of household products because I have children and I have animals. And if I didn't, my house would be a disaster zone. But uh, I'm really, I try to be aware of, you know, you don't want to use toxic cleaners when you've got kids and you've got animals and, you know, you try to stay mostly green around the kids and the pets. So uh, if you are looking to do that, which you should be, you've got to go to Grove. Uh, they've got plenty of green uh, products that you can use to clean your home. They've got um, Mrs. Myers is a a product, a brand that I use there quite frequently. They've got all of this that really, quite frankly, you could get at Whole Foods, but you're going to pay like triple the cost. So you should just go over to Grove Collaborative. They offer over 150 brands that can really make an impact. And you know what? They're a lot cheaper than they would be if you, again, found them at the places like Whole Foods. So they've got over 2 million households who have already started shopping Grove Collaborative. Maybe yours will be the next. Now is the perfect time to make your home healthier, happier, and even a little bit more sustainable. You can go to grove.com slash news to get a free starter set plus free shipping with your first order. That is grove.com slash news. A new report says that a special U.S. Navy team carried out the bombing attack against the underwater Nord Stream pipeline, which carries uh, Russian gas to Western Europe. Uh, This was a top secret mission that was overseen by President Biden, according to the report. And uh, divers planted C4 explosives on three Nord Stream pipelines in June of 2022, which they then detonated three months later. 
using a sonar buoy, which broadcasts a signal that triggered the bombs. And this was obviously, just to like put it into context here, uh, this was carried out in response to after Putin invaded Ukraine and was designed to force Germany and other European nations to, of course, end their reliance on Russian gas. And uh, look, it it was supposed to disrupt Moscow's, Moscow's income from gas sales, which have contributed billions of dollars to its war effort. So they're trying to freeze Russia out. Um, I can appreciate that. But uh, back in, I, they're, they're t- they were telling us that they were gonna do it, right? Because back in February of 2022, Biden said, if you guys recall, I'm gonna play the clip for you. Um, he was asked by a reporter about it. And he said, there will be no more Nord Stream pipeline if they invade Ukraine, watch. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. What do, what, how, will you, how will you do that exactly, <laughs> since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. So just just for clarification purposes, this came from a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, this report, Seymour Hirsch. He published it on his Substack. He cited sources with direct knowledge of operational planning behind the alleged plot. Of course, obviously, the White House and the CIA have denied uh, that, that this is at all true. Russia, however, is like, well, you guys have some questions to answer uh, if this report is true. I mean, it does coincide with what Joe Biden said, right? Yeah, I think it could, right? I mean, I think we still need to know a lot more about this. But um, will we ever? Will we ever? Probably not, <laughs> right. um, to your point. Um, you know, I mean, I think if you want to look at it this with a skeptical eye, I mean, you could obviously say... Uh, what Biden was referring to there was pressuring the Germans to not take the gas, right? Like that, and that's how it was played at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you could take it that way. Of course, when it explodes, people start looking at it and saying, "Wait a minute, let me look back at that quote a little bit." Um, the Seymour Hersh thing is interesting. I mean, he, you know, he is a Pulitzer Prize uh, uh, reporter. He's been around for a million years. It, you know, he has come under some criticism recently for a couple of reports. Um, you know, things like, uh, you know, he was one of the people who said there were no chemical weapons used in in Syria. Um, and, you know, we don't know what happened. We weren't there. We don't really know. Uh, the fact that, you know, things that the U.S. government does don't always get told to us, uh, I think, is something we're all familiar with. A couple of these controversial moments have people have pointed out that they have sort of been on the um, you know, sort of the side of that would favor Russia, mm-hmm. uh, the, sort of the Russian narrative of these incidents. Now, he may just know. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think we know for sure whether this is true or not. But I do think it's one of those things that forget this report. All of us thought it the second it happened, right? right? Like, right. I mean, you, you had to think of this. Right. What do you mean it just blew up? Right. What, what are you talking about? Well, do you remember they said, like, no, actually, it, it, it was Russia that blew it up. Right, and you're like, They you, blew up their own pipeline. Their own pipeline? <laughs> like, why would they do that? It doesn't seem, I mean, look, the most obvious, you know, thing that would happen in this situation, the people it made most sense to was the opposition, right? It mm-hmm. was the people who were against Russia and didn't want Europe folding again in, in their eyes to say like, oh, well, you're, we're not going to, we're, we're afraid of Russia, so we're not going to support this effort. Well, you know, U.S. wanted uh, these countries to support this effort. Those pipelines going away certainly helped. 
So, I mean, it's a very, it would be a very weird I mean, thing if it was Russia, yeah. but we don't fully know, I guess, by this report. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a sad commentary on where we're at that we just are accepting of that, right? Because right. we all, all three of us know, we won't, we probably won't ever, won't know. ever know. There's no way to confirm. Um, but I, I guess what, what strikes me about it is, it really, what gets me, I'm angry at all the people who just said, oh, no, you know, that's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that this kind of report and article has to come out from this guy who is accomplished, but he's older, you know, on his own. Yeah. And that makes yeah. it interesting because mm -hmm. what we all know is that you're looking at the Washington Post and New York Times, there's probably going to be nothing of interest in there mm -hmm. that actually breaks a new story that goes against whatever the narrative is that the, that the government wants. And so... You know, here we are where everyone was made fun of for saying, how do you know it's America? How do you know it's the West? Like, because, duh, obviously it is. <laughs> right. it, it is no, I, I know that. I know that enough. I don't need to, you know, have secret knowledge. I know that. But, uh, you know, who actually did it? Okay, interesting, but we won't know. And they won't report on it. Yeah, that, that is frustrating because when you, if you're trying to tell someone, let's, okay, let's say that we did have, he did publish either, sources' names or actual physical evidence that this was, in fact, what he says it was. You could still have all of that. He would write it in a substack, and you would show it to someone as proof, and they would be like, that's not a reputable source. That's not a re that's substack isn't reputable. That's just an independent guy. Sub you can't, you can't, where, where is it on CNN? Where is it on Washington Post? Right? Uh, and so none, none of these substacks are credible now, even if you have the actual documentation right there within the article. Yeah, and substack in and of itself isn't credible, right? It's everything. It's right. like, But the people, the individuals well, the, well, right. who are on substack right. are credible. Right. There's lots of them that are credible. And, and to your point, like, if you are watching CNN and, watch, and reading Washington Post and the New York Times, to you, the Twitter files don't even exist. Mm -hmm. You didn't even know they happened. The mm -hmm. only reason we do know that is because of, of, of Twitter and substack, right? Like, so... A lot of that stuff is, is now we're getting to the point, I think, where there's that change going on, where people are realizing, wait a minute, I don't need to go to these main sources for everything. I think, you know, places like The Blaze and other conservative sources have helped with that over the years. And Substack's sort of a different animal. Like, I, I mean, I really respect what they're doing there. In mm -hmm. fact, they've been one of the people saying, like, look, we are not going to fold. They're one of the only people who have said, we are not going to fold at all to any of these cancellation requests. We're not doing it. We're just going to let people do what they want to do. If you don't like them, don't follow them, don't read them. That's the way journalism should be, honestly. And, and the fact that there are individuals now that can go and make a good living and grow their readership and do this on their own is just a, an incredibly mm -hmm. great yeah. development mm -hmm. for our country. Let's say that this does end up being confirmed as true. Mm -hmm. Does that, is that significant in the escalation of the United States involvement with the Russia-Ukraine conflict, do you think? I mean, I think it changes the um, the perception of especially people on the right, maybe, who are sort of in the middle on this. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, right, a lot of the politicians uh, on the Republican side are seem to be very much pro-intervention. Yeah. So th this would help that equation, I think, mm -hmm. somewhat. But I mean, everyone already knows basically what went down, and they, we know who is pushing and pushing and pushing harder and harder. So yeah. if anything, it, it could, uh, in my, maybe this is too naive, but my hopeful mind, it would help people who are against what's going on and give them another feather in their cap and a way to say, we need to slow down here. Mm. You know, this is, this is really wild. Mm -hmm. We've already taken these steps. What more do we have to do 
to provoke Russia into saying we are justified in doing anything to respond. Yeah, that's right. the scariest line here, right? I yeah. mean, uh, you know, I think the last number I saw was to your point: fifty-six percent of Republicans still support the funding of Ukraine. Yeah. So this is not even not of, of all people, but serious? just Republicans. Yeah. Mm. So and that was God, Decem- that's December. Depressing. May have dropped a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it's been dropping certainly going uh, in that direction. But it's like. My main concern, as much as I don't want to spend money on things, right. my main concern is we have uh, a bunch of bumbling idiots. You watched one, one of them speak last night, trying to handle and, and micromanage this decision. And, yeah. and, and like the fact that what we are depending on is essentially Vladimir Putin's restraint mm-hmm. and just him saying, well, I won't count that one as war, mm-hmm. is really a dangerous line. And when you look at if they did do this mm-hmm. and they did blow it up, and what we have is Joe Biden on tape saying he was going to do it. Yeah. That's the sort of incompetence that leads you into a war that could escalate to a global war. And that's what I'm terrified of because these people, are they can't handle anything. Right. Yeah. They can't get this guy through a speech usually without falling over. And we're supposed to depend on them to keep us out of war. It's, it's very scary. Remember when they were really worried about Trump having the nuclear code yes. starting World War III and <laughs> all do. of that? Yes. Turns yes. out it might just be Biden. Uh, all right. We've got to take another quick break. First, I want to thank our sponsor keeps. So, uh, gentlemen, if you are someone who, you know, maybe you're not looking like you used to, you've got a receding hairline, a bald spot, it's not your fault. It's just the genes that you were born with, but keeps can help you change that. It's like two out of three guys experience hair loss before they're 35. So if you don't want to gamble with your hair, you can flip the odds in your favor and save your hair with Keeps, and it's going to save you a ton of money because it's a generic, it's the same uh, approved version of these hair loss treatments, but it's generic. So it's going to save you a ton of money. Plus, you're not going to have to go into the doctor's office because they do all of it uh, online. So you take a couple pictures, send it on over, and your doctor will help make sure that you have the right hair loss treatment that is available. So you can go to keeps.com slash why. You will get a, a special offer if you go to keeps.com slash why. In an update in Get Your Children the Hell Out of Public Schools, a TikTok (laughs) video that uh, was recently posted on Twitter to Libs of TikTok uh, has revealed a young activist teacher bragging about having her students pledge allegiance to the the pride flag, the progress pride flag. Uh, She's got, you know, she looks about how you would expect (laughs) is all I'm going to say. And uh, she can be seen miming, standing for the Pledge of Allegiance in her classroom. And, well, I'll, I'll just let you watch. I pledge allegiance to the flag Says my students on of the, first the United day States of America an American flag in my and room. to the republic for which it stands, Them realizing I one only nation have a pride under God, flag. indivisible, with liberty saying the and justice the for all. Flag anyways. If that's not some kind of demonic energy, I don't know what is. I, you know, I sometimes, I look at that. And I look at, wasn't there like an abortion pin that some people were wearing yep. last night, right? No American flag uh, pin, mm-hmm. but an abortion pin mm-hmm. instead. Mm-hmm. And... A little heart on it, right? Yeah. yeah. It the heart wasn't beating. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, notable. It, that's great, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really sometimes feels like we're doomed. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, I try, I, I try to not be the doom and gloom Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. But boy, I, I guess if we go down, I'll go down laughing because yeah. that's just what I do. I try, try to make light of everything. 
But man, the pride, you're going to have your students say the Pledge of Allegiance to the pride flag. <laughs> there, was, there was a bunch of uh, listeners to the show who, uh, a few years ago who wound up printing up shirts that said, what if Glenn Beck is right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, crap. <laughs> Hopefully he's not. No, I mean, look, you, you know, <laughs> we'd like to be optimistic. We like to try to find the positives here. It's hard to find it in public schools right now. You should definitely get your kids out of public schools if it's at all possible. I would also say you should get your kids off TikTok. That's a whole other oh, story for another day. Um, but, I mean, this is one thing, you know, to, to drop hopefully a little bit away from the doom and gloom is the really, I think, exciting movement that's going around the country when it comes to school choice. Like, we have, we have changed. Like, that, this is something that ever since I've been talking about politics going back, you know, 20 years in this stupid business, we've been talking about these issues. And school choice has always been something that Republicans have wanted. Homeschooling, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, pod learning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, private schools, all of that. Uh, and, and some way for to take the burden away from families who say, you know what, I want to homeschool my kids. And I also don't want to pay taxes to send my kids to a school they're not going to. And that was a good idea for a long time. And it was also seemingly a dead idea for a long time. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, since COVID, and, I, and we, we can all, you know, I think we all you know, looked and saw many of the reasons, libs of TikTok is part of this, uh, that pushed us, I think, parents to in a direction of saying, wait a minute, we can't just sit back and deal with this anymore. We can't just say, ah, so what? They have a couple liberal teachers. That's not what it is. And so these movements have popped up. Arizona, West Virginia, Utah, Iowa, uh, Texas is supposedly taking this up. Florida is supposedly taking it up now where parents can do something about this. I mean, I know I send my kids to private school and I just get stuck paying twice. Right. And that's just completely right. yeah. and utterly yeah. insulting and ridiculous. Yeah. And it should change. We should be able to educate our kids the way we want to educate our kids. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in between. I mean, I, look, I, Glenn Beck, the thing, the thing is, he was right about pretty much everything. Um, <laughs> Many things like you know, starting an alternative network yeah. on, on the internet. <laughs> turns out, yeah. turns out. Uh, so, so the the problem is if we don't acknowledge reality. So, if we acknowledge reality, we can find silver linings and a path forward mm-hmm. amidst all of this. But we have to acknowledge how bad things are, mm. right? And the audience knows this. Uh, so, uh, I hope I hope you know it out there <laughs> because if you don't, I'm going to tell you now. Right? This this is a systemic problem, as they say. Mm. The entire system of public education, the counselors' association mm-hmm. throughout the country, all of these associations it doesn't matter whether you're in a red state or a blue state. Those you have to assume they are corrupt. They might have good people in them. Mm-hmm. They might have pockets of good, but they've been sort of systemically corrupted by the credentialed classes who then you know dispense the honors to everyone else. So the, the, the benefit of that is once you know that it is corrupt, and so many people do now, as you're saying, then all of a sudden they're open to alternatives saying, okay, well, I got to get my kids out of here. I may not be conservative, but I saw, see that flag stuff. I don't, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so once you realize, yes, they are uh, saying allegiance to their flag, to the civic religion of what they regard, the civic religion of the United States, that's it. It's to the pride flag and, and it's to that whole way of life. Uh, so that divide is there. But again, acknowledging that, then we can say, okay, uh, we need to be free to reform this in a completely different way for those of us who want to live a different way. And there is where I think getting rid of red state complacency and just realizing yeah. you can determine your fate yourself in these red states especially, mm-hmm. that is what DeSantis has shown. Like You can plant a flag and say, no, not here. We are in control of our own destiny. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the mindset everyone needs to have moving yeah. forward. Yeah, I, I also think that... Um I've, I've had a recent, like, I, I've always been very much school choice. I, I'm in the same boat as used to. I'm like, I'm paying yeah. twice. This is dumb. <laughs> but um, I recently read something that 
really it made sense to me on the, the issue of school choice. Not that I'm against it now because I'm obviously very for it, but it did bring up a, a very important point, which is you have to be paying attention to the legislation that is crafted and how it's worded and what kinds of uh, you know powers it's going to give the government then to say, well, we control all of this money now. So uh, not only are the public schools going to have to abide by our rules and regulations, the private schools now are going to have to abide by them too, right? Yeah, there's definitely some worry about that. And I think, you know, at least the bills that I've seen have done a pretty good job handling that. But that is a that could be a worry in some of these states. I know Corey DeAngelis has done a really mm -hmm. good job at like crafting this legislation specifically to make sure mm -hmm. that can't happen. Right. And, and look, to me, this is a this is a uh, it's a it's it's not an end game. Like the end game is right. not we take right. money from exactly. the government and dish it exactly. out in other ways. Yeah. It's I a would step like, in the right yeah, direction. It's a step in the right direction. Yeah. It makes it's it gives us a little bit of progress, a little bit of choice. I would love there to be none of these schools. Right. You know, I really I would. I mean, I I would love private education to be the way that this operates all the time. Right now, it's not the reality in this country. As, as progressives will tell us, taking getting a little bit of progress where you can into the, in the right direction, I think, is positive. But you do have to craft these things. I mean, all of these rules, the ESG stuff is the same mm -hmm. way. If you don't craft those things very, very carefully, they can either be really ineffective or burn you. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of the things I know Glenn has worked on a lot, with, especially with the ESG, working with these mm -hmm. state legislatures to help them understand, no, you can't, like, just do oil companies. Like the, it's not just the E. Right. It's the E, the S, and right. the G. And the schools, I think, have the same sort of dynamic. Yeah, so the point being, pay attention. Don't think that because school choice is going to get passed in my state, yay, right. I, mm -hmm. now yeah. it's better, right? Like, pay yeah. attention. Make sure that you are paying attention to the language that is crafted by these legislators and then later passed. All right, we got to take a, a quick break. We'll be right back. The Boston mayor appointed two 11th graders to work on a reparations task force. Uh, yes, yeah. Are you you are you excited for the progress? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was expressing right okay. there. Yeah, that's what I, I, I that's what I figured. Excitement. Yeah, uh, the, there are going to be the two teens uh, and a BLM supporting college student. Uh, they are going to help decide how much money to pay black community members. I guess for being black. I don't. Well, we'll get into that. Um, BLM organizer Carrie Mays used social media to push the agenda and fight for what she thinks will be will bring equity to the black community. Uh, here's some of that. Watch. Your oppressors know who you are. So why don't you? Do you know what keeps the foundation of white supremacy alive? Literally Fear. nothing. Do you know why fear is so deeply embedded in the fabrication of their minds? It's because they have an obsession with the dichotomy to conquer and divide. No, I'm not talking about to divide and conquer a group of peoples, but most importantly, their legacy thrives on the ability to conquer and divide you. Huh? So she is one of the people who has been appointed to Brilliant. come up with this uh, how much reparations to give black community members. I am sure that the plan will be very well thought out mm. and uh, very, very, very brilliant. Typical white supremacy going on right there with Sarah. I mean, you're trying to divide her <laughs> in some true. way, and I don't know how, but I'm, I'm very suspicious. I think if it's $1 less than $11 trillion per person, <laughs> I will be very upset. Um, you know, but this is actually real. Like, they're now trying to do this. You know, Rhode Island is one of the first oh, states yeah. that's doing this, and where are they getting the 10, I think it's $10 million they have to spend? Uh, 
leftover COVID-19 money. Mm. Now, how on earth can you justify this? It's so messed up. I'm of the belief that reparations are completely unconstitutional mm -hmm. and, and illegal. You can't do them. So they, they put them through these... The, the 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 you know they launder them through these programs mm -hmm. right they just give out programs to groups who happen to have these sorts of um, uh, demographics look it's uh, obviously wrong and horrible and it's that that's about as sophisticated an argument as you're going to see for it which is a bunch <laughs> of jibber jabber I mean it really was just a bunch of nonsense I heard a detailed financial analysis no you I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't I, I missed that you guys heard. Um, where do you even start with this? I mean, I think the thing to hammer over and over again is that Americans were down with the 1964 Civil Rights Act because they wanted people to be treated equally mm -hmm. and they wanted a certain color blindness. That was the deal. Mm -hmm. That was the deal. And what has happened since then in the last 60 years is shameful. It's repulsive to most Americans. But it is still the reigning class ideology and it is the next step. It is the future, baby. I mean, that's mm -hmm. it. Gavin Newsom is, I mean, they're going to take your stuff. Like reparations, that is the way. So, you know, people will say, well, this is just crazy. You know, this is just crazy. It is, but this is what they're doing, and they're not going to stop. And they've already begun, as you point out. This has already been going on through the laundering for a long time, and everyone got used to it. I mean, I remember in like three lives ago when I thought I was going to go teach in colleges, you know. <laughs> that was a dumb idea. <laughs> I remember thinking nothing of all the diversity requirements, and this is like 15, 20 years ago, right? And you would just, wait a minute, what was going on there? They're asking for certain people because not of the quality of their work or whatever, but because of their right, diversity. That was going on then. That was the point of why we passed the act in most people's minds, right? Mm -hmm. So now the chickens have come home to roost. They're not going to stop with this, and they're going to they're gonna take people's stuff in increasingly blatant ways and they don't care. We've mm. seen this over and over, and they don't care about the, the Civil Rights Act, right? Yeah. They're just saying, we're going to give jobs and money to certain people because of whatever characteristics, and they're going to keep on flipping that around until someone says no. And, of course, if you call them out, they just go, you are a racist and white supremacist. And what's hilarious is like, fear is the basis of white supremacy. Fear. Who's making everyone afraid all the time? Exactly. I, I don't know. I know, I know, and that's what that was what I was gonna say is that it, when I heard her initial argument there, mm. I was like, yeah, you could flip that around and apply it to them yeah. completely. That they are the ones who are promoting this fear and division twenty four seven, and trying to make people think that they're oppressed to create all of this, like. That, she's literally describing what her movement is doing. I'm so glad you guys brought that up because it's it's it's. There's another part of it that I feel the same way about is when a lot of these videos and a lot of these these arguments, they claim that white people are obsessed with their skin color, and it's like, I just I have to be honest, with you, I just don't care don't about. Care. You. I don't care if you're black. Or, I just literally don't think about it and care about it at all. Yeah. It's just a, a boring thing you keep bringing up. Right. Like I don't I don't care about it at all. They think that there's some weird obsession from uh, evil white people that we're, all we're doing is thinking about skin color. Like, it's just like not on our list. Like, <laughs> I don't care about it at all. And I hope we should. That's what I thought the goal was. Right. We know the Ibram Kendis of the world have changed that goal to some weird form of double discrimination. Yeah. We need to discriminate today for past discrimination. But I'm not on board with that, and I will never be. Yeah. All right. I we got to racist color. <laughs> <laughs> got to take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> They are obsessed with the dividing. No, we're just like, bored with you. That's that's it. Right. Last night at the State of the Union address, there was a 
kind of a weird moment, not with Joe, but with his wife, Jill Biden, uh, kissing Kamala Harris's husband just right there on the lips, like smack dab on the lips. There was not even, oh gosh, that the, the picture is even more uncomfortable as it turns out. And I just, I don't think that's appropriate. That's not appropriate. No. If you come up and kiss my husband like that, I'm decking you. I'm, that's all I have to say. Looks. It's a Stu. bit weird. Isn't it's it? re- it's yeah, so I... inappropriate. Yeah. Would how would you feel if your Not wife great. walked up to another man? And kissed him like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not a full makeout, I guess, but it is. Oh, like, wow. It's on the lips. It's on the lips, and, and it's be, like very pronounced. And I would be very concerned. Neither one were wearing masks, you know, when they made They weren't. They, when they touched lips. What uh, happened? I don't know. To the COVID-19 precautions. I, I, well, but when he kisses his own wife, Kamala, they're wearing masks. Okay, With good. Jill, no masks. <laughs> no masks. Yeah. We'll see you tomorrow. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.